With 1.8 billion youth around the world, we now have the largest youth population in history. However, a large percentage of this youth is located in territories affected by fragility and conflict, which greatly limit their opportunities. What can we do to better engage youth in trade and peace building to reap the benefits of this demographic dividend? This and more today on Trade for Peace. The opinions and statements expressed in the Trade for Peace podcast are entirely and solely those of the guests and the hosts. WTO Secretariat takes no institutional positions on matter of policy or of the WTO membership. Welcome to the Trade for Peace Youth Series, brought to you by the WTO's Trade for Peace Future Leaders. My name is Alexandre Marchand. And my name is Amanda Miyashiro. And, and we, we are your co-hosts for the first official episode of the Trade for Peace podcast youth series. For a bit of background, Amanda is a 24-year-old Brazilian junior legal and economic affairs officer at the Accessions Division of the WTO and the focal point of the training and capacity building pillar of the Trade for Peace program. And Alex is a 24-year-old French-Venezuelan junior economic affairs officer at the Accessions Division of the WTO and the focal point of the research pillar of the Trade for Peace program. The Trade for Peace Youth Series is a 30-minute podcast with youth engaged and interested in trade, economic integration, peace building, and the cross-cutting topics that tie these concepts together. Our guests are young professionals and inspiring leaders striving to make trade work for peace and the people. Welcome to the Trade for Peace Podcast Youth Series. Welcome to the first official episode of the Trade for Peace Podcast Youth Series. Today, we are launching Trade for Peace Future Leaders, a youth platform that seeks to increase youth engagement on these two topics through a variety of channels. We are joined by the Trade for Peace team at the WTO, who will shed some light on the program, discuss how fragility and conflict generate particular challenges for states, and brainstorm what future leaders can do about them. As this is the first official podcast episode under the youth series, we wanted to give you a bit of background. The Trade for Peace podcast youth series aims to highlight the stories of youth around the world, particularly in fragile and conflict-affected states, who are involved in building peace through trade and economic integration. While we've had some episodes focused on youth in the past, we're making the youth series official under Trade for Peace Future Leaders to further increase visibility on the potential of youth and the role they can play in shaping the future of trade and peace. So without further ado, Trade for Peace team, Welcome to Trade for Peace. Thank you. So before we get started, I believe some introductions are in order. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourselves? Who are you and how did you get here? Sure. So my name is Anais Wardak. I'm 32 years old. I'm, I'm French-Afghan. I studied conflict, security, and political science. And prior to joining the accessions division at the WTO, I worked at the permanent mission of Afghanistan to the WTO. I'm now working as a focal point for pillar one and two of the Trade for Peace program. Hi, my name is Nur Kabbaria. I'm 23 and I come from Lebanon. I studied political sciences, economics and political economy in Lebanon and Geneva. I also previously interned and worked in areas related to women's and youth empowerment, diplomacy, security, and public sector reform. And I'm currently a China program intern in the Accessions Divisions at the WTO, and I'm a co-focal point across all pillars for the Trade for Peace program. And I'm very happy to be here today. Hello, my name is Saraya Ahmadi. I'm from Afghanistan. I have 29. I did my Master 1 and Master 2 in International Trade and Investment Law. 
in Catholic University of Lyon. Uh, and uh, before that, I was working uh, with the government of Afghanistan in Ministry of Finance as a legislative specialist. Now I'm working uh, as an intern in the, the WTO, and also I am a member of Trade for Peace. It's an absolute pleasure to meet all of you. But enough about you. I want to know more about the program everyone's been talking about, Trade for Peace. Anais, what's the story behind the program? Well, basically, the Trade for Peace program grew out of the launch of the G7 Plus WTO Accessions Group at the 11th WTO Ministerial Conference in Buenos Aires in December 2017. The group was composed of nine fragile and conflict-affected LDCs, which were associated with accessions. Uh, we had Comoros, Sao Tome and Principe, Somalia, South Sudan, Sudan, and Timor-Leste that were acceding governments, and Afghanistan, Liberia, and Yemen who recently joined the WTO. The vision of the G7 plus WTO accessions group was to use trade and economic integration as tools to promote peace and stability through WTO accessions. So the WTO accessions division was inspired to develop a trade for peace initiative, which later became a program to bring together trade, peace and humanitarian communities together to have a better understanding of the relationship between the multilateral trading system peace, and security. That's a very interesting origin story, Anais. Thanks for sharing. But what are the goals of the program? How is it implemented? Well, the goal is really to highlight the role of trade and economic integration in promoting peace and security. So to do so, the program has four pillars of engagement. The first pillar is political engagement and partnerships that aims at building connections between members of the trade and peace communities and having an open community. Then you have pillar two, which is outreach and public dialogue that seeks to incorporate the perspectives of the wider public on trade for peace through a various number of outreach events and through the trade for peace podcast here. You also have pillar three, that is research that gathers and produces research material on the interlinkages between trade and peace to deepen the understanding of the trade peace nexus. And finally, there is pillar four, um, which is training and capacity building. And under this pillar, we're developing training materials on Trade for Peace. And we also recently launched a Trade for Peace master course in collaboration with the Geneva Graduate Institute. Thank you, Anais, for taking us through the origins of the Trade for Peace program. And speaking of accessions, Afghanistan celebrated its five-year WTO accession anniversary just last year. Sarai, I wanted to talk to you a bit about your country. What challenges related to fragility and conflict have you witnessed in Afghanistan? Thank you for the question. Actually, Afghanistan has been suffering from conflict and fragility from the kids, which results to many challenges, especially I can highlight the access to education, which is the main challenge in youth in Afghanistan, especially suffering from it. And also healthcare service, which in many provinces, Afghan women, especially, they cannot access to uh, healthcare service because of the lack of Female, doctor, female doctors in the provinces. And uh, we witnessed many Afghan uh, women, especially mothers, that uh, uh, die because of a uh, result of uh, lack of a female doctor, which is related to education as well. Because if, if in the provinces, women can access to education so they can be a doctor and they can uh, perform. Uh, so people can uh, go to the hospitals and use the healthcare service. 
and also this um, conflict has a big impact on the poor enforcement of law and lack of transparency in the government system. Uh, this has lots of negative effects on the economy of Afghanistan. And particularly, if we see the trade in Afghanistan, we can uh, we can say that the um, traders face lots of challenges because of the corruption in the government system, for example, and also the delay on the administration process that they cannot issue their licenses. So it results in that they close their businesses. Uh, and at the same time, it's a big challenge to the foreign investors who want to invest inside Afghanistan and they cannot trust the government system because of the because of the problems that they see in the legal system or uh, in the government system overall. These all connected to the conflict and also to the fragility that Afghanistan suffered. And uh, furthermore, there is too many limited opportunities for the women because they cannot access to education, especially now if we see with the enforcement of Taliban that women cannot uh, access to education, they cannot go to work. Even most of women in Afghanistan are educated. Even they have master's degree, but they cannot work anymore. They are in their houses. And, and this is all the result of conflict and fragility that we are facing every day and we witnessed from centuries. Yeah, it sounds like a very, very tough situation across all sectors of society. Um, and how do you think these challenges affect the youth in particular? Actually, this, uh, this situation has a more negative effect on youth rather than other people because uh, now youth cannot uh, access to education system properly. Well, since the enforcement of the Taliban, many professors left the country and we don't have lots of experts in the, some specific areas. So one professor, for example, in universities, they take many courses that they are not, it's not their area of expertise. So they cannot um, perform better. So you cannot uh, use the education system as they should be. And also there is uh, lots of lack of opportunity for young professionals who cannot access to, to jobs. The, the, market, the job market is very limited now. It was the same, almost the same before, but now it's getting worse with the Taliban enforcement. For example, we have, we have too many um, young educated people that they have their master's degree from foreign countries, from developed countries, from developed countries, but still they cannot find a job in Afghanistan. So it's the worst the effects of the conflict on youth. Even they have goals for their future. They want to build their lives or they want to have a part in development of Afghanistan, uh, but they cannot because the situation doesn't allow them to do so. It's the big uh, negative effect of conflict on Afghanistan, especially in uh, on youth, that they cannot perform or they cannot access to, to the primary necessity of their life as they should be. So they cannot achieve their goals uh, for the future and they cannot uh, be part of the development of Afghanistan because they are not allowed to do so.
So they, these are all the negative effects of conflict and fragility. And there are too many more. I think the program cannot let me to discuss about all of them, but these are some major that I pointed out. Yes, I can say that there are many challenges on the way ahead. Um, but did you notice any changes following the ability accession in Afghanistan? Thank you for this interesting question. Actually, before answering that, I would like to remind you that Afghanistan's objective for the WTO session, as it has been also mentioned by the by Mr. Suleiman bin Shah in the fifth anniversary of Afghanistan. So Afghanistan's objective for the WTO accession was to build a reliable and transparent legal system for the traders and that they can have access to the international market, diversify the Afghan economy, create more jobs, promote international trade and transit, uh, attract domestic and foreign investments, and develop a dynamic and innovative private sector. Fortunately, Afghanistan has achieved most of its goals, which has allowed it to create a secure environment for uh, international trade. And as you know that Afghanistan been recognized as an active member of the WTO. Personally, I believe that WTO accession helped Afghanistan to reform its legal and economic system. And also it increased the imports into Afghanistan. Thanks to the WTO technical assistance and capacity building programs, especially that Afghan trade uh, policy making and also private sector could gain uh, sufficient knowledge of the international trade laws and policies. At the end, I want to say that trade is always hope for fragile countries like Afghanistan. Thank you, Soraya, for shedding light on the humanitarian crisis in Afghanistan and for highlighting different ways in which trade and youth could potentially help. Turning to you, Noor, perhaps you could tell us a bit about your country. As many know, Lebanon is currently going through an economic and financial crisis. Could you tell us a bit about how the effects of fragility and conflict manifest in Lebanon? Thank you, Alex, for the question. Lebanon is a very beautiful country, and I would really recommend everyone to go there and visit it. But sadly, Lebanon has been going through cycles of conflict and crisis, from political to social to economic to financial. And these facilities were built a long time ago, starting with the Lebanese civil war and with corruption and the establishment of an inefficient economic system based on a fixed exchange rate regime, high interest rates, no incentives to produce, while heavily importing from abroad, which in return leads to very high inflation. And today, Lebanon has the second highest inflation rate in the world with 178% inflation. And with the October 17 revolution and the impossibility to withdraw your deposits in foreign currency from banks, and also with the um, August 4th explosion in 2020, the situation further deteriorated with the heart of the economic and financial life in Lebanon completely destroyed. And I don't know if you know this, but Lebanon used to be called the Switzerland of the Middle East, and it used to be an entry point to the regional market. But now it's ranked as one of the top three most severe crisis episodes globally since the mid-19th century by the World Bank. And I've even heard people saying that the situation is now worse than during the 15-year civil war. Can you imagine this? Worse than, than a war? But Lebanese people are known to be resilient. And despite everything, they are working to, to come up with solutions to these problems. 
So as you said, despite all of this, or perhaps in light of this, Lebanon is seeking to join the WTO. As a Lebanese, what do you think Lebanon can gain from WTO accession? I think we can all agree that we now live in a very interconnected world where multilateralism plays an important part in our everyday life. And I think that Lebanon can benefit a lot from joining the WTO because Lebanon trades. We export precious stones and metals, medical equipment, chemicals, food, and even wine. So joining the WTO will help expand Lebanon's access to foreign markets. And this can, in return, help rebalance the balance of trade. And it will encourage more local production, which will help us rely less on imports and attract FDIs which are all beneficial for economic growth and development there. And also another very important benefit from trade in the WTO is securing food and medicines. And with the very high devaluation rate, the country has been facing medicine shortages. So I can remember going back to Lebanon last year with my suitcase filled with basic medicines. And people who have cancer there, for example, they can't find um, their medicines in Lebanon anymore or at extremely high prices in the black market. Adding to this, you've also been going through a food security problem, and this is where trade can play a role, and being part of an international trade organization will prevent this. And this is even more relevant now when we think about the outcomes of MC12 just a few months ago. Sounds like WTO accession can actually do quite a lot for Lebanon across the board, but how will this help youth in particular? So as I mentioned earlier, the severe economic crisis is preventing youth development in Lebanon, with most of them trying to leave the country if they did not already left. And this is creating a brain drain movement in the country. And we've been talking about this for the past decades in Lebanon. So even now, every Lebanese family has at least one person living abroad, mostly a young person studying or working abroad. And for example, my brother, sister and me are either studying or working outside Lebanon. So in that sense, trade can create employment opportunities so that we can stay or go back to Lebanon. And there's also a saying that I um, hear a lot when I go to Lebanon and talk to older people. And they say, This means that our time has, um, has ended and it's your turn now. You can change and you are the future, which I think is very true especially when we think about the October 17 revolution, which brought everyone together, but especially the youth in the country. They led several political and reform initiatives. Uh, They took part in every single aspect of politics and and economics since then. And they're trying to change the country uh, for the better. And they're trying to implement youth-led projects to help the community, which also um, in return helps to attract funding to create jobs and employment opportunities there through the creation of startups, for instance. So we have a big um, hub of startups in in Beirut for this. And trade can also help them export their ideas, products, and services, which also in return can help countries interested in investing in Lebanon to have a better idea and grasp a bit more what's happening there, especially that we have very qualified labor. Thank you, Nora. I think you highlighted very exciting opportunities coming from trade and WTO accession. So, Soraya and Nora, you both highlighted some challenges faced by youth in Afghanistan and Lebanon. As part of youth, why would you say it's important to involve the younger generation in trade and peace conversations? What can we bring to the table? 
Actually, as uh, we can see today, youth are often excluded and face social disadvantages. In fact, we are vulnerable and those most affected by conflict. I personally believe that if we give a chance to have our voice heard and be involved in conversation on trade and peace, we have a great potential to bring positive change to the world. I have personally witnessed the changes youth have brought to sustainable development and uh, trade in Afghanistan before the regime collapsed and the Taliban took over. Actually, before the Taliban regime, most of policymakers were young people, and over 70% of young traders in Afghanistan are youth. We can see the result of uh, the youth involvement in trade and peace and the improvement of Afghanistan's trade post-accession, as well as in the um, achievement of most of its objective uh, to become a member of the WTO. Even now, in response uh, to the Taliban regime and uh, women's limited opportunities, young women are turning to cross-border and trade as a solution. The entrepreneurial problem-solving spirit of youth is key for the future of Afghanistan. Today, the world's population is mostly youth. And for Afghanistan, youth represents half of the population. As the next generation, they should be actively involved in the decision-making, thanks to their idea and solutions. Also, they can better secure the future when they can play an active role in designing it. I strongly believe that youth have the potential to make the most effective transformation of the world into a better place for all. Absolutely. I think that's why we're all here. Um, and Noor, what can trade do for us? So this is linked to what I previously uh, mentioned, because I think that trade benefits are not limited to the youth in Lebanon. And I think that trade has the potential to really expand the horizons. It can create more economic opportunities. It can increase access to foreign markets, facilitate trade. It can also um, allow us to have a greater access to goods and services and increase foreign and direct investment so that we can enable more youth-led projects. And it can also help increase transparency and fight corruption. Because once we join an international organization like the WTO, for example, we have to abide by rules and regulations. And one of this rule is transparency. And this in return can help the youth to have a more transparent environment and a more free environment for them to take action and to benefit from trade. I think we can all see the benefits of trade and the uh, multilateral trading system. I wanted to ask, what can the WTO in particular do? So um, here at the WTO, the Trade for Peace team has been working on involving the youth in trade and peace discussions. We launched the Future Leaders platform to bring young people, trade experts, and policymakers together. It's a platform where you and I will be able to raise our voices and take part in trade and peace discussions and research. We will be able to highlight the challenges faced by us, the youth, living in fragile and conflict-affected states or in any other country, and show that youth are really the future. So for this platform, we mainly have two channels. The first one, that is dialogue. It will include uh, the organization of a youth day at the WTO, 
the implementation of a youth blog where we will be able to share research and essays to debate and discuss these topics. And the podcast that you're currently listening to is also part of this channel. The second one is Action. We will be launching a call for projects um, and we aim to implement these projects with you. That sounds like a wonderful initiative, Noor, and I really do look forward to taking part in this as a young professional interested in trade and peace. But now, let's move on to our rapid-fire segment. We will ask each one of you a question, and you'll have three seconds to respond. Are you ready? Yeah. Of course. Okay, Noor, are you a peace person or a trade person? I'm definitely a peace person because I believe that trade is the means to the end that is peace. Very nice. Anais, favorite Trade for Peace event? Well, I would say this morning's public forum session on Trade for Peace because we finally launched the Trade for Peace Future Leader platform. I agree. I agree too. And Soraya, what's your favorite Trade for Peace podcast episode? Uh, it's the perspectives from young entrepreneurs. I wonder why. Amanda, someone you'd like to have on the Trade for Peace podcast. I think we can dream high, right? So I'd have to say Malala Yousafzai um, for her inspiring work and ideals, especially in the area of peace. I'll see what I can do about that. <laughs> and Alex, what's the most intimidating experience that you've had at the WTO? Mm, I'd probably say recording this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we have a question for each of you. In just one word, what does Straight for Peace mean to you and why? Well, maybe I can start. I would say hope because the youth uh, really want to achieve peace through trade. And for me, uh, it's correlated because trade and peace are correlated and they cannot function without each other, in my opinion. And for me, it's a pathway because trade leads to peace. And peace leads to a better economic environment, which eventually leads to better trading. I would say opportunity, because that's what people in fragile and conflict-affected situations want, and that's what trade can provide. Um, I'm going to join you and say that for me, it's purpose, because we need to reconnect to the origins of the multilateral trading system, which I think are built on this idea of sustaining and maintaining peace. Well, that was our lovely Trade for Peace team with Anais, Noor, and Soraya. Thank you for joining us. Behind Thank the you. Scene, behind the scenes, we've got Suksana handling the technical aspects. Thank you, Suksana. And thank you all for joining us today on Trade for Peace and sharing with us your stories and experiences. And thank you for all your very important work on this very important topic. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in to our first official youth series episode, Future Leaders. Don't forget to follow us on our social media channels. We are present on Twitter and LinkedIn as Trade for Peace. We are your hosts, Amanda and Alex. You've been listening to the Trade for Peace youth series, brought to you by the WTO's Trade for Peace Future Leaders. We would love to hear from youth. Let us share your stories to highlight the potential of youth around the world. If you have any examples of youth engaged in building peace and security through trade and economic integration, don't hesitate to share your suggestions with us at tradeforpeace at wto.org. You can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at Trade for Peace. Be sure to tune in monthly for new episodes. Thank you for listening to the Trade for Peace Youth Series.